Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Seeking Stories podcast. I'm here again with Kristen and we're doing something uh, slightly different today. Uh, normally what we do on the podcast is we find a movie that we like and or, or that we don't show. like. <laughs> something that we feel like people can learn uh, something storytelling uh, specific about, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. We've done that with Iron Man 2, Man from Uncle, Midnight in Paris, a few others uh, so far. But today we want to do kind of the opposite. We want to basically make a story map. So what are some elements about storytelling that most good movies have? Um, and to do that, we just picked uh, three stories that really illustrate this. Uh, now to preface, not every story necessarily has all of these or in the specific order. This is kind of, quote, the proper story structure way to do it. But for a storyteller, say for Christopher Nolan, who just knows the the storytelling world inside and out. He you know, knows the rules so he can break he them. He knows the rules so he can break them. And I would go mm -hmm. so far as to say these that we're going to discuss are not necessarily rules, but they're principles. Mm -hmm. And if you know the principles, you can apply them in a way that is outside the ordinary and still tell a really good story. They're more guidelines. We're guidelines, <laughs> exactly. But for those of you who are interested in storytelling or enjoy storytelling, these are principles that tend to work uh, well when you're at least first starting the craft and also as you're you know, moving through your years of script writing and novel writing and telling whatever stories you want to tell. Most stories have uh, at least some elements of what we're about to discuss uh, interspersed, even though if it's not exactly in this order. So, what we want to do is uh, break it into two different parts. First is very broad, what really makes a story uh, rather than just, you know, an, an event in a way. For example, let's say I eat ice cream. That's really not That's a event. story. Um, even if we say, hey, let's go to the ice cream shop and get ice cream. And it was great. That's really not a story either. It's not riveting. It doesn't hold anyone's attention. There's no great truths learned from just going to the store and, uh, or the ice cream shop and getting some ice cream. But if Kristen and I said, or if Kristen says, you know what, I am you know, so hungry, but I really want ice cream right now. And I look down at my watch and I says, you know what, the ice cream shop is going to close in 14 minutes. We live 10 minutes away, we can make it, we can grab some ice cream. And what we've done there is we've established a desire. Both of us are seeking ice cream and we have a well, goal to go get ice cream. Well, in this scenario, I want some mint chocolate chip yeah. because, I mean, is there any other ice cream? I think not. Mm. Discussion for another time? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I want mint chocolate chip. Kristen wants something else, chocolate. obviously. Something chocolate. chocolate. I mean, that's not bad. So... <laughs> The story is, you know, we have a desire, we have a want, we have a, a need, a goal to get some ice cream. Now, I just listed four things, desires, wants, needs, and goals. Technically, from a storytelling perspective, those are all four different things, but we're not going to delve into that in this episode today. Uh, it just suffice to say that every good story needs to have, uh, you know, a main character, in this case, uh, co-protagonists, mm -hmm. um, who... Uh, both want something, a desire, and that desire line basically carries throughout the story it's a driving to the motivation. end. It's the driving motivation. It's the spine of the story. I like to think of a clothesline sometimes. You know, you've got your one pole, which starts the story, your second pole, which ends the story, and that clothesline, which all the other scenes are held up on, uh, basically is the desire um, of the, the main character or main characters. Once that desire is either fulfilled or is not, the story is over. And then if you want to do something else, you go into another story. Mm -hmm. So um, we have 
you know, several of the, the elements there. So we have, you know, a couple main characters. In this case, we'll say Kristen's the protagonist. So she's the one who said she wants ice cream first, and Ryan just says, you know what, I'll go along with that because that sounds pretty good to me. I need some mint chocolate chip. I've been deprived for the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and then we have, you know, our, our, so we have our desire. We have our resolution, which we'll get into in a, in a minute, which is either we get the ice cream or we don't get the ice cream. But we're missing uh, one other key, and that is conflict or obstacles. It's just, it's not, you know, it doesn't make a really good story if, you know, and then they get in the car and they drive to Mr. Goody's and yeah, they might make it in the nick of time, but they get their ice cream in the end. You know, no one's going to go tell their friend, hey, hi, this epic story and just be that. But if on the way there, the car broke down two blocks in and then, you know, do we end the story there or do we say, well, we weren't ice cream so bad. We're going to, we're going to grab the bike that's in the back of the car and we're going to ride there until the bike falls apart. And then, you know, we go on foot and hop fences and dogs chase us down and there's, you know, craziness that's going on and happening. Yeah. Or a tree's down in the middle of the road. And cars are wheeling yeah. around us and we can see the ice cream shop yeah. in the distance and the line is long and we look at our clocks and the clock is ticking and we dash there. Then one of us, you know, breaks a leg on the way and the other one picks us up and carries us to the, to the bitter end. <laughs> and we get there, we put our quarters down and get our ice cream right before it closes. <laughs> Victory. Or we get there and the window slams shut. Or... We don't have enough money. And that's the tragedy of it <laughs> yeah. all. So introducing the element of conflict, that's what makes it, you know, a story. That's, that's what, what makes it engaging. An engaging story. And that's yeah. what adds plot into it. Yeah. Really, you know, you could, and this is a big generalization, but plot, ultimately, if you look into it, is the, the conflict and the obstacles that, you know, are presented in front of the, the, the main character, the protagonist yeah. for him to, to <laughs> overcome. So, on a very macro level, a very large level, you know, stories could be described as, you know, a main character with a, a desire that encounters um, basically um, obstacles or Conflict. conflicts or anything that's, you know, trying to stop him, whether that's, you know, forces of the world or mankind or something else. And then some sort of resolution, you know, good or bad, victory or tragedy. So once you have those four elements, you have a story. So the grand mm-hmm. scheme of things, if you don't have any of those four elements, you really don't have a story overall. You know, I, I just realized it kind of reminds me of something we learned in, I think it was English class in school. Um, it, was, it was kind of like, uh, it was three or four different ways. It was three or four different ways to kind of, cat. I don't know if categorize is the right word, but stories. And it was either, it was... The story was either a man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess technically there was a fourth kind man versus God. Not real. I don't know if that was considered a legitimate one or not. But I just realized that that, that way of looking at things basically folk narrows down the categorization of a story based on what it's where its conflict start, comes from right in some stories i mean i think lord of the rings is a good point of this has several of those you know yeah. you look at you know frodo's the, the protagonist and you know he definitely has man versus man you know even though man is not always in the presentation of man you know sauron you know is not a man but he's still it's a being it's a being yeah you know he has him, himself he's fighting against you know the the lust the for the ring and all and that the, yeah. and then all of the you know the you know the weather related things in the mountains and the dead marshes and yeah. being you know you got to get over the mountains of mordor the fact that it's how many thousands of miles away probably right right whatever but that's a good way to classify different antagonists yeah. for sure 
So the next thing we want to talk about is, okay, so we have those four kind of keys to unlock stories as a whole, or what storytelling is. The elements of elements. the formula. Yeah. But most stories are going to be a little bit more complex than <laughs> just that. So we want to do something very difficult and make it very easy for you. So we want to take lots and lots of research on storytelling and basically boil it down into about 10 different elements, like as we said before, that most stories have. Again, before you go into this, understand that there's much more to storytelling than this. You know, we're not going to get into things like theme. We're not going to get to dialogue. We're not going to get into, as we said before, the differences between wants, needs, desires, and goals. Uh, we're not going to get into supporting characters or anything like that. We're basically just looking at the protagonist's main journey. Um, and we're looking at three stories that do this in a pretty linear way. Mm -hmm. Um, again, not every story... there are stories that work without some of these. Absolutely, yeah. Not every story has all these elements, mm -hmm. um, and not all of the stories have them in this order. But it's because it's someone who knows what they're doing. Right, right. <laughs> or just happen to stumble upon it uh, that, pretty yeah. well. So, the three stories are the original Star Wars, Toy Story, and The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Those are three of our absolute favorite stories. And ones that really follow this uh, quote structure mm -hmm. pretty well. So without yeah. further ado, let's jump in. Yeah. So the very first element of the story uh, is something I like to call the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter is one of the elements that is definitely not in every single story, but most stories have them. And that is usually an opening scene or sequence or sometimes something that even happens before the story starts that... Uh, really doesn't have much to do with the protagonist yet. Uh, we look at you know Star Wars Episode Four, and you know this is a, the the best example I can always think of. And it's you know you, after the opening crawl comes, then you have you know the Rebel blockade runner you know fleeing from the Star Destroyer, and the ship is attacking. That is what kickstarts this story, but it doesn't have anything to do with Luke Skywalker at all. Mm -hmm. You know he definitely becomes involved pretty soon, but you know for. For all we know, the, you know, Princess Leia might not have, you know, had time to put the, you know, Death Star plans into R2-D2. Mm -hmm. Any number of things could have happened to make it so that Luke never got involved in this particular story. Yeah. So that's something that, again, not every story has. A lot of really good stories jump right in with the protagonist from the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but for movies uh, or stories that um, don't, this is a good story element to keep in mind. You know, why why aren't you starting with your protagonist? You know, Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker shows up, what, a good 15 minutes in? That's pretty late for a protagonist. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so you have to have a really good reason for a story to start without the protagonist. And a yeah. strong Kickstarter is a reason for yeah. that. Conversely, we look at Toy Story, and the movie absolutely does start with, uh, you know, the protagonist in, in Woody. Yeah. Um, you know, he's there right from the beginning up until the, the bitter end, or I guess in this case, the joyful end. Yeah. Um, but there is still a kickstarting element to it, and that takes place behind the scenes. That's mm -hmm. the fact that his, his owner, um, Andy, is having a birthday party. Mm -hmm. um, we don't really know the significance <laughs> of that quite yet, but that kickstarting element is what starts the, <laughs> the gears turning and clanking together that really push the story along to what it becomes. Right. Um, without that birthday party, you know, we as we find out soon, we don't get the conflict of Buzz Lightyear coming in. Mm -hmm. So that's something that takes place off off screen, um, largely, but it's still an important part that, to kickstart the story as a whole. Yeah. 
So next one, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Kristen, what do you think is our our kickstarting oh element to We're this? We're talking about the movie, right? Yeah, let's, let's yeah. talk about the movie since more people have probably seen the movie uh, than have have read the book. No, the outbreak of World War One. Well, it's World War Two. Oh, World War II. Sorry. So, and now I always that's... forget which one it is in that movie. <laughs> that's, that's all right. right. So, um, the Blitz. The Blitz, right. The Blitz. I would say the, the okay. Blitz of, of World War Two, World War Two bombing. So, I mean, yeah. you could go on and on and on. So, well, if there so wasn't... I was close. It was yeah, more yeah. You okay. could go backwards and backwards and backwards saying, well, if this didn't happen, you know, if the bombing didn't happen, or, but then, you know, before the bombing, there had to have been, you know... Everything that happened previous the previous you wars go all without, the way back to if Adam and to, Eve yeah, didn't to creation, <laughs> right? So then. before this particular story, it's the the World War Two bombings of, of London that that causes okay. um, basically parents to send their kids to the countryside for safety. Yeah. So yeah. without that element of the story, um, we don't have you know the the backdrop that propels our you know I, I chose basically Peter and Lucy as the protagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, my language to Warder was difficult because you have four kids. Four kids, you know. <laughs> I was I can, wondering like who would be the protagonist. Well, I, it's not Edmund because he goes off on his own journey, and you know, and I really think that the two people who have the most char- character arc are Peter and Lucy. Mm-hmm. Lucy is ultimately the protagonist, but Peter has more to do with the conflict at the end. So we're just going to lump them together as yeah. I guess co-protagonists for for this particular sure. story. Um, so World War Two bombing, absolutely. So, story element number two is something we've actually already touched on. You have to have a lead character or a protagonist. We've identified Luke Skywalker already. We've identified Woody, uh, the toy, and Peter and Lucy. You have to have someone you follow. Even stories like Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit or any of the big epics that follow around a lot of characters, there's always going to be one person, maybe two, that rise to the top as Mm -hmm. their journey. You know, Lord of the Rings... You could argue Frodo and Aragorn, and I think you can make a good case for both of Either those. One, yeah. I would argue that it's Frodo, because the story starts and ends with him and his desire to save the Shire. Yeah. You know, Aragorn is almost as important. He's arguably present in more of the story than, but you know, some of Frodo. But even the decisions he makes are because of Frodo. They support Frodo, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So it's we're picking one, maybe two characters that we're following their yeah. desires and journeys through yeah. the bitter or joyful end. So... Story element three of ten is uh, the inciting incident or the disturbance or the change in the protagonist's life. I like it, the inciting incident, because I like alliteration, and that's how I was introduced to the term. Mm-hmm. Um, but any anything that really shakes up the character's world, it doesn't really quite set them on their journey yet, but it changes it enough, the changes their, their character um, or their life enough that makes it so that inevitably they're going to have to make a choice on whether they mm-hmm. want to go on this, you know, journey or adventure or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So in Star Wars, um, a lot of people actually think uh, for Luke, it's the moment where his uh, aunt and uncle are killed. And that's actually a little bit later. We'll get to that in a second. But the moment that slightly starts to change his life or is when um, his uncle Owen purchases R2-D2 and C-3PO. Mm-hmm. Um you know, R2-D2 and C-3PO didn't have to be purchased by Uncle Owen. You know, if he would have passed up on them, they could have gone to the next moisture farm, and whoever bought them, would have, that would have been their story to deal with. Because it's what R2-D2 has inside of them. That, right, exactly. You know, it's his, yeah. you know, his secret mission. That, yeah. You know, C-3PO says, he keeps babbling on about his mission. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what, you know, again, doesn't necessarily shove Luke off, you know, in on his journey right away, but, it, you know, it ignites Without what that, happens. Without that, you know... It, yeah, it would be a different story. Right. Yeah. So in Toy Story, uh, that is basically the introduction of Buzz Lightyear. 
you know Andy's new favorite toy, the threat to you know Woody it being the, the top Woody's toy. Yeah. It does, it does, and that's you know a little bit more of a shakeup than you know Luke's. Um, and it also takes, you know, Luke's. You know they have different timelines in a way. You know Woody's is a little bit more gradual. You know this you know this takeover, whereas you know Luke's happens in like a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, it's something that disturbs his 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 normal his normality. His status quo. Mm-hmm. And again, just because you know the the world has changed for him, it doesn't necessarily need need to mean in all stories that the world was good beforehand. You know the story. Yeah, there just, was just there was a normal. There was a normal, right? Exactly. And, you know, for for Luke, you could argue that the normal was good and bad. You know, it was good because there was you know it was a peaceful life. It was mm-hmm. a hard life. It was a peaceful life. The bad was yeah. that you know he um, you know he didn't want to be there. Ultimately, <laughs> he wanted to be off on yeah. on adventures. Yeah. You know, for for Woody, you know, it was truly a good life. He was you Andy's know. favorite toy. He was Andy's favorite he toy. Charge. I mean, you could argue it wasn't great because you know he was arrogant about it. Uh, but that didn't really have terrible about it. Well, and it's but... because it didn't have a chance to surface his arrogance yeah. until yeah. Buzz, you know, comes around. Yeah, it was never threatened. Right, so. right, exactly. So for the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, then, I mean, what changes, at least for Lucy, is of course when she goes, when she hides in the wardrobe to play hide and seek and mm-hmm. stumbles into this forest. But it's like, is that good enough? Do we have to go back to even just the fact that it was raining that day and they couldn't go play outside and decided to play hide and seek? You know, so I'm just not sure how far back to go. I would honestly step back one step further, just getting to the professor's house as a whole. You know, the world um, has, has shaken up at that point. They're, that's you know, that their inciting incident is that, you know, they're in a place, they're away from their parents. They, mm-hmm. They're they not in school when, you know, that's what, when they're, they're normal. They're in a place where, you know, their tensions flare up a little yeah. bit because, you know, they're not in their, their, their new norm in a way. Yeah. Or they're so, not in their old norm. Yeah. They're in a new, you know, not norm. So I guess I'm curious then for that, how you would, how you would, how you would, um, differentiate the blitz from the what you la- what you might label as the inciting incident because the blitz is the reason that they're now in the professor's house i mean doesn't the blitz shake up their status quo or is that i'm just curious how you right right that into the kickstarter and well and, and here's the, here's the difference because the you know the throughout any of our lives we have different stages of normal mm-hmm. you know at this stage, I think it's in 1941, maybe. Um, I need to check my history um, when the Blitz happened. But we're arguing for the sake of the story, that was the normal, in a way. The, the kickstarting incident we talked about was the Blitz started. Mm-hmm. But then these families were starting to make that their, their normal. So that well, normal... Because right, they had a place to hide. They had a home, right, they had a right. plan. So were, it was it a was... very short version of their normal. But now this is their, their next... It was just getting normal. The normal was getting bad enough that okay, now we need to do something about, we can't keep having our kids around. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah, the inciting incident so, is being completely sent away. So it was, so it was more, so the blitz, the bombings, because I know yeah, it just didn't happen once. Mm-hmm. So the start of the bombings is, yeah, okay, I get the Kickstarter. And then because that becomes like, hey, we can get bombed at any time, have a bomb shelter, have an evacuation plan, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the inciting incident, I suppose, could be, you know, this things things have gotten bad enough. The parents have now decided our kids need to be sent away to get right, them safe. Right, right. So for the kids, that okay, okay, I get it. Right, and you, know, you could argue that you know the, the inciting incident is also Lucy stepping through the wardrobe for the first time. Yeah. But I would argue that that is part of the whole she first act as a whole. Right, she wouldn't have done that if they hadn't been set there. Right, and someday we'll do a, a podcast that talks about <laughs> Act One as a whole, and it kind of talks about the different things that have to happen in Act yeah. One. And I would say you know her going through the wardrobe the first time is another element completely. But, you know, for the sake of a, you know, hopefully a relatively short podcast, yeah. 
um, and just hitting the, the basics, yeah. you know, that's, you know, something that we're not going to gloss over, but yeah. it's not as important, really. Right. So the next element that we want to talk about is basically, uh, I'm calling it the first doorway. This is when the characters um, led by the protagonist, um, whether that's just him or, you know, him and a group of people like in Lionel Wars in the Wardrobe, have to ultimately make their first choice to go on, and I hate saying go on an adventure because not all stories are adventure stories, uh, but take a leap of faith, take a step out the the door, you know, mm-hmm. quote. Onto the path. Right, where they, they can look back, but if they look back, they know that they're, you know, they're, their world's going to be different. So mm-hmm. in Star Wars, that is when Luke's family is killed. Yeah. And he basically makes the choice to, you know, tells Obi-Wan, I want to learn the ways of the Force and go with mm-hmm. you to Alderaan. And then they yeah. set off to the Mos Eisley spaceport. Yeah. Luke doesn't have to make that choice, in, but he knows that once he takes that step and he turns back, his life's going to be different. He will always mm-hmm. have wondered what had happened if I, you know, hadn't, you know, hadn't taken that step in yeah. a way. Well, and his family would be dead, so... Right, right. He has to re- rebuild his life in a way, you yeah. know, and in Toy Story, it's when basically Woody knocks Buzz out the window, um, and then the subsequent events that, you know, cause, you know, Woody to be rejected by the, the toys right there is the fact that... Um, <laughs> You know, Woody's life has changed at that point. You know, the toys know that, you know, he is an, an awful toy. An awful toy being, for lack of a better way to put it. He's jealous. Right, and that he, he can't just keep living his life that way anymore. You know, he's he has lost all the respect of, the, of Andy's room. You know, he won't be, you know, the top toy anymore by any means, even though mm-hmm. he really wasn't, but they would have totally <laughs> yeah. rejected him. So yeah. that, that action that he took there basically set him on a journey that he can't turn back from yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, Line with the wardrobe, I think the answer should be pretty easy for this one since there's a little doorway involved. I mean, would it? I, I, I mean, yeah, it, I'm just trying to figure out which time would it be when Lucy herself steps through the wardrobe for the first time or when all of them? When all of them, because that's yeah. when, because Lucy goes back twice or yeah. she goes through twice. That's and, true. You know, yeah, yeah. So you can argue her life is changing yeah. there, but she's never obligated to go back there. Yeah. You know, it's only when. The children go through the first time. Mm-hmm. And, all four of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, it, it might not even be the exact moment where they walk through, but basically when they, you know, realize that Mr. Tumnus has been, you know, taken by the White Witch. And I yeah. think, you know, Susan has a line where he basically says, we should just go back home. Because, yeah, and they could have just gone back to the, you the know, lamppost. The, ward, the lamppost and hung out in the wardrobe and whatever. Right. But... So that's taking their, yeah. their first step, really, yeah. into, you know, that, yes, they can go back, but at that point they're... You know they're they're committed to an extent, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so that's you know they. It's well, funny the story they, they actually went, walk through yeah. a door. And even if they went did went just went back, they, it'd still be things would still be kind of different because now all of them would know like okay what in the world was that like I mean right. Lucy kind of gets it. They would never have been able to get out of their head. Yeah, yeah, it's an experience you can't unhave. Right. So number five, we're almost halfway uh, to the end. Is um, different uh, obstacles, conflicts, and struggles that the characters have. This is where stories really start to sag a lot of times. You know, you get you know, the character on this epic journey, and then just kind of stuff happens. They might do some exploring and, you know, talking to people, and that's where stories can literally just, can you know, drag. it can drag and crumble. So this is when you really want to start ramping up the tension and just hit your character with every single, you know, struggle and conflict you can. Mm-hmm. You know, in Star Wars, um, you know, you're hit by several things. You know, you're in a, a rough spaceport. Um, the stormtroopers are looking for, you know, for the, for the droids. You know, there's the famous line, these aren't the droids you're looking for. And Luke says, you know, I thought we were dead there. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into the cantina and, you know, they're encountered these, you know, couple of bounty hunters uh, that Obi-Wan has to fight off. Yeah. And then they have to, you know, argue with Han and Chewie. And then 
you know, um, then there's, you know, the Millennium Falcon blasts off after being attacked, and then they run to Star Destroyers, and, you know, it's, you know, point by point by point, there's conflict. Yes, there's yeah. moments to kind of, you know, yeah. rest and reflect there, and that's another yeah. conversation entirely, but you're hit by conflict. Yeah. You look at Toy Story, and you basically, you know, you have um, Andy taking Woody in the car with him and Buzz, you know, jumping on the car. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Buzz and Woody get into a scuffle. Um, they get left at, you know, at Pizza Planet. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, all that the stuff there. They're basically, yeah. you know, Woody basically says, I'm not sure if it's quite at this point, but, you know, he says, I'm a lost toy. I think yeah. he says that in the gas station. Yeah. Um, and, you know, series of more struggles, conflicts, you know, especially because, you know, one of his antagonists is Buzz and he's with him that whole time. He's so, him, yeah. you know, he's fighting the world and fighting, you know, you know, someone else and about to, you know, get caught by, by Sid. Mm-hmm. So that's another big conflict there. So Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe, you know, this is, you know, where they, you know, there's a little bit more time to, to reflect there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, you know, the scene in the movie that isn't in the book where they're, you know, the whole waterfall sequence where they're chased down oh, yeah, by yeah. the, um, yeah. uh, by the wolves and all that. Well, even, even, you know, the, just the fact that Edmund wanders off. Right, no, you that's know, a conflict. It's like, what in the world is, where is he going? And they're told, oh, he's gone to the White Witch, you can't go in there, he'll, you Right. Know, well, we don't even know if the beavers can be trusted at first. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a version of a conflict. It's, you know, it's, some, it's a struggle fact, and suspense. The very fact that it's a mysterious world that they don't know who, who's who. Right. Is a big, yeah, mm-hmm. conflict. Exactly. Or struggle, obstacle. So story element number six is the midpoint, a.k.a., oh, man, this is serious. <laughs> so this is really where, you know, the, the hero goes on his story. You know, he knows that, you know, he has to, you know, man up and do his thing and learn and grow and um, basically go on this journey. But this is when, you know, death starts staring him in the face. Um, uh, one of my favorite authors on storytelling is James Scott Bell, and he says in one of his books... Uh, actually, several of his books that, you know, there's a, a few different types of, of death that characters stare into. There's, you know, there's actual physical death. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's professional death, which he uses the example of, you know, a lawyer in a must-win case. You know, if he doesn't win, he might not die, but it's going to be professional death. Yeah. And there's, you know, like emotional or spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's variations of that, but those yeah. are the, the, the things, the, the, the sides of death that characters yeah. pursue. Yeah. And in Star Wars, this is what I love about the original Star Wars, is it, it just personifies, you know, all these story elements. <laughs> <laughs> they approach the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's, yeah. you know, basically they, they're going into the lair of the villains. Mm-hmm. They're, this is the point where they realize that there is no turning back at this point. There is another moment later on where they also have to make a choice not to turn back. But this is where they realize that, you know, if they quit right now, they're basically done. Yeah. Um, in... You know, sometimes this isn't just, you know, again, like I said before, physical death, but this is sometimes where the characters have to stare into themselves and see what they're made out of and start realizing the the truth of what they need to change in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, another big story element that we're not talking about today is, you know, the lies the characters believe, um, the truths they need to learn, how they face their uh, ghosts, wounds, or pain, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the different, you yeah. know, authors will call it different things. Um, but, you know... A lot of times, it's the moment where characters realize, look at looking at themselves and realize, you know, this is this is bad, mm-hmm. um, or you know, this is something that you know, I you know, I'm starting to realize that I believe in something that I shouldn't, and that needs to start changing, even if they might yeah. not understand completely what yeah. that is. So, yeah. like for Luke Skywalker, you know, at this point, you know, he, he's not necessarily you know saying, oh man, something's got to change in me, but he's realizing, you know, oh man, this is this is serious. And I do have to man up here. Yeah. Not that he wasn't planning on it anyway. Yeah. But this is the first time where it's you know partially on on him in a way. Yeah. You know, him and his you know companions. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's really where you know their initial plans fail. You know, they're on their way to Alderaan, and they realize Alderaan is no more. You know, it's been blown up by the Death Star, so plans drastically start to change. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in um, Toy Story, this is where they enter. You know, another version of death. You know, Sid's house, <laughs> arguably a version of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. They're tractor beamed into it. There's where all toys go to right. Not necessarily die, but not ever be the same again. <laughs> right, exactly. So this is where they realize that they're in a house of horror, and they're going to need to drastically change their plans. Um, to, to escape, and, you know, Woody, you know, I don't think he, quite at this moment he starts to realize the truth, at least he doesn't verbalize it, but I think this is where in his, you know, maybe in his, you know, heart of hearts, his deepest soul, that he realized that he can't do this alone, that he's yeah. going to need to team up, team up with Buzz mm-hmm. on this. Um, so, for Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, one of the things I love about Narnia is that it doesn't quite hit all these story elements in just one exact moment there. A lot of times yeah. they're spread over a few scenes, which I think, think does of. really well. Because, you know, one of the things that, that for the, you know, like the protagonist, you know, for, okay, I guess Peter and Lucy, well, especially Peter, you know, that, that they don't really kind of take to at the beginning is, you know, the whole prophecy Mm -hmm. that really they're the ones that are meant to be this, almost the saviors of Narnia. And they're like, um, we just want to go home. When they start to realize how bad things are, you know, is that when the wolves chase them through the river or is it even later? Like I'm, I'm, and I'm actually not trying to remember all the sequences. So I would say that the, the, the moment that you know is kind of that moment of you know, oh man, this is serious, is when their first encounter with the witch, um, at the you know where the stone table is, where Narn, where um, Aslan's camp is, when basically um, the white witch comes oh. in and says, you know, I after they've rescued Edmund, right, and they oh. basically says, you know, that, you know I, okay. I, I, you, I, you know. I have a right to your brother's blood. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you know, and Aslan works things out there, but that's when they realize that, and they have that moment, like, we should just go home, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, plans change there. They're not just there to, you know, save Edmund anymore. You know, the whole of Narnia is at, is at stake, and they start to realize that. Yeah. Um, and that's a, you know, a huge moment for them where they just have to look and see, you know, this is not what I maybe thought I signed up for in a mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and that, that takes a few, you know, a little bit longer. It's not just one moment overall. Cause it could... I think it's an accumulation of moments. Right. You know, you have, you know, Peter fighting off the the, the one wolf there, and that's kind of a pre-moment leading up to it, yeah, and that's I kind of a big moment for him. And I think this next moment was more of a Lucy yeah. moment, you know, where, yeah. you know, Aslan and the witch have that, that conversation there. Yeah. But they really do realize that, you know, this is, you know, here is Narnia's army, and, you know, the witch's army is off somewhere. And all these things you've heard from the beavers, you know, not that they didn't believe them, but they're actually seeing them for the first time. They see yeah. the witch for the first time yeah. and all that. Um, so then, I'm not counting this quite as a, you know, as a, as a story element, but then there's more, you know, conflicts and struggles there, um, as in all stories. You kind of, you know, the the, the midpoint is mirrored, um, or, you know, bookended, that might be a better way to put it, um, by, by conflict. Uh, but then there comes a moment where um, the characters have a second doorway to go through, where this mm-hmm. time there really, really, really isn't no, or there, there is no return from it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in Star Wars, uh, basically, it's, it's the whole attack on the Death Star. Yes, you could argue that if things had gone badly, um, you know, and the Death Star had destroyed, um, you know, the, the moon of Yavin, Yavin 4, and, and all that, that Luke, if he hadn't been destroyed, he could have hyperspaced away somewhere else, you know, and, and survived. But, it, but that would have been death, you know, that would have been every, you know, 
professional it death, spiritual, you know, emotional death. failure and... Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So this is the moment where, you know, Luke in the story basically has to say, you know, yes, I am going to get into my X-Wing fighter and I'm going to join the rest of the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go through that second doorway yeah. to, you know, do what has to be this done. This doorway, we're talking, because we're still talking strictly about the protagonist here. Right, right. That he walks through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for Toy Story, um, it's it's a little bit uh, more um, internal, really. Um, it's the point where we comes to accept that he and Buzz have to become, you know, partners, partners. in this. Um, and that, you know, Buzz is there with a, a, a rocket strap, strapped to him. And they, they formulate their plan, and mm-hmm. this is where they say, you know, I, you know, whatever comes next, we we gotta, you know, execute this. You know, moving days. This after they've escaped from Sids, right? No, this is beforehand. This is yeah. this is the 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 night before when they're they're talking. Um, you know, I think Woody's in his crate. Forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one. Oh man, um, Woody's in his you know crate talking and and all that, and you know they they know that you know uh, moving days tomorrow, and you know if they don't escape there's no way they're getting back to Andy or very little way they're getting back to Andy and at least one of them is going to be dead the next day and, you know, Woody will probably be to follow at some point. Yeah. Um, so this is when they say, you know, we're going to do what needs to be done, you know, join forces, become partners, and put our, our plan in, into yeah. motion. Um, and then, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Again, this is where it gets a little bit tricky um, because Lucy really isn't part of the main... Um, doorway in a way in a way she is because the fact that she stays um, with Susan at the stone table after Aslan you know basically sacrifices himself mm-hmm. is, is in a way you know that that type of moment where yeah. it's you know I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here really and then when Aslan comes back to yeah. life and I'm gonna go with him yeah um, I think the the other moment that kind of drives the overall story is basically Peter leaving or leading the troops into battle. Yeah, that's what I would have said. I mean, yeah, it, kind of deciding to become one of the, you know. You can't turn back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, especially. Yeah. Definitely right. Not. Yeah. Um, so, and this is where really the, the last battle of, you know, the stories start. You know, not every story has, you know, an actual battle like Star Wars or Narnia or anything like that, but the last struggle, the last conflict. And this is for when you're writing a story, you need to save your most epic, your uh, most uh, difficult, difficult your most, you know, life-defining, death-defying, you know, type of conflict to the end. You know, the, the, the biggest, deadliest conflict can't come earlier in the story. Yeah. You need to save your last one or your yeah. best one for, for last. This, is yeah. when, this, again, this is when the characters um, uh, face, you know, even worse death. You know, again, yeah. the midpoint is where they see death and start to face it. Mm-hmm. This is where they're actually, you know, front, you know, the death is front and center, you know, yeah. sword swinging, guns blaring type of thing. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to um, story element number eight, which is what we just really talked about. The The stakes are astronomical. Um, and this is when, you know, so they go through that doorway um, and then in Star Wars, this is where the enemy fighters attack and then the turbo lasers are attacking them and they're going on the trench run to destroy the Death Star. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where the stakes are the highest. Uh, in Toy Story... Uh, this is where, you know, Buzz is literally strapped to a rocket outside. Mm-hmm. Death death is imminent uh, for him. Again, it's not imminent to the protagonist, Woody, so to speak. But at this point, Buzz is his friend. If, you know, Buzz dies, he'll have died emotionally. If, you know, Buzz dies, he's probably not well, going to get back to Andy. Yeah. Well, and that, too. But also, if he comes back without Buzz, all the other toys will still be mad at him. Right. Exactly. Especially if he says, yeah, Buzz got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in, in Narnia, of course, it's, you know, they're outnumbered by the witch. You know, yeah. they're just stakes are, you know, absurd. Yeah. 
which leads us to story element number nine, which is what I call the final key. And not all stories have this. Um, sometimes it's more symbolic than anything. Mm-hmm. But this is where the character uses something um, that they've learned earlier in the story, very specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it, or even just kind of relate, you know, relates to something that they, they've learned. It doesn't yeah. need to be, you know, a gadget, really. Um, but something that, you know, is, you know, they need to implement really for the first time. Yeah. Um, again, not all stories use this. Some stories use it to more effect than others. Star Wars mm-hmm. uses it really strongly when uh, he hears Obi-Wan's voice, you know, use the Force, Luke. And he has to basically turn away from his preconceived notions and, you know, trust the Force to destroy the Death Star. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, a huge, you know, you know key factor, mm-hmm. um, a final key. Um, Toy Story is actually a little bit different. It's a lot more subtle, but it kind of is the final, um, not final moment of the story, but final moment in the, the course of the the conflict mm-hmm. that really um, brings it all together. Um, and it's the moment that's like, yes, okay, I, I, I love this. Um, this is what the audiences, you know, a lot of times they'll say internally, like, yeah, like, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the moment where, um, even though Sid has, quote, been defeated, you know, his rocket, you know, the, the after still effects is, yeah. you know, is still there. So they launched the rocket to get to Andy because it's their last resort. They go up, you know, and Woody says, you know, this is the part where we blow up. And Buzz yeah. says, not today, you know, puts out his wings and, um, you know, they separate themselves from the rocket. The rocket goes up and explodes. Um, but, you know, at that point, they're still, you know, they're not safe because they're tumbling, you know, you know, could tumble, you know, hundreds of feet yeah. down. Um, but then, you know, with Buzz's wings, they kind of looks like they're Glide. flying. They're and, gliding. you know, it, Woody says, you know. We're flying, and Buzz says, "No, this isn't flying. This, this is falling. falling with style." It's a bookend from the beginning. Exactly, because those two characters said the exact same thing, but reversed when they were, you know, basically enemies and had, you know, animosity between each other. Buzz was saying, "Oh yeah, I can fly." Right. So again, this isn't a moment that you know he's really used to solve the story in a way, or you know, to solve their their um their problems in a way. But it's a moment to bring everything together and to tie together their friendship, and yeah. just to you know solidify the the theme of the story, which we're not getting into the theme today. Um, but it really just brings it all together. Mm-hmm. And I know every time I watch a movie, and I've seen it, you know, so many times, literally since the year it came out, and mm-hmm. just every moment, you know, that's the moment where you just kind of get that yeah. kind of warm, fuzzy feeling, like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is this is how it's meant to end. Yeah. Um, and in Line the Witch in the Wardrobe, it's, it's again, even more subtle. It's Wait, really, can I guess? Yeah, go ahead. I just, no, I just, I'm curious. I'm, I, I wonder... Sorry, I totally forgot no, that. No, I was going to have you guess. Okay. That's okay. Because, um, wait, wait, remind me what we're talking about. The name of it. The, 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 name the, of fi- the, the final key. The final key. The final key. Oh gosh, um, well, because it's 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 because right now we're we're talking about something that's related to the protagonists, right? Right, right. And this is why it's 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 a lot different in the story. It, yeah. it does relate, but it's again, uh, C.S. Lewis is brilliant things because he takes everything out of you know takes a lot of things from you know left field in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not strictly. Yeah. And because of the themes he's talking about, you know, it is more you know Christ centered ultimately. Yeah. I mean, it's Aslan coming to the battlefield. Right. You know, it's the prophecy about Aslan where, you know, earlier yeah. on in the story, you know, uh, Mr. Beaver says, gives the prophecy. I'm not sure if they actually say this in the movie, but in the book, they definitely say, you know, wrongs will be right when Aslan, I think, comes in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, you know, it, that prophecy is told to the protagonist. That's when the battle, the tide turns in the battle. Right. So it's he when Aslan, Aslan shows up. Yeah. You know, and this is, you know, again, Lucy isn't necessarily, it isn't her you know, actions, but it's her belief in Aslan, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, you know, she's there for that moment, really, yeah. because she believes in him, she believes that prophecy is true, mm-hmm. you know, it takes faith for her to, to step out and, and believe that and actually be there when he does that, when he defeats the witch. 
So again, you can again you can go cr- from you know use the 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 final key from all sorts of you know perspectives and yeah. as we've just seen, some are you know very you know explicit in a way, and some of them are just kind of subtle thematic elements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there's usually something there. Uh, and then the final element is really just you know victory or defeat. Your hero is not ultimately the same. You know even if the story ends with your character dead, he's definitely not the same there. Uh, but Luke's not the same. You know he has more confidence now. He's willing to learn the ways of the Force. He's I mean he's a, he's now a Jedi in training. Yeah so. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, a new path. And you know Woody, you know he is you know he's willing to share you know his love. You know, Andy's love with, with Buzz, and they become, mm-hmm. you know, best friends there. Yeah. You know, and arguably, you know, Lucy and Peter are definitely not the same. They become kings and queens of Narnia. Yeah. And we've chosen yeah. three stories here that all have, you know, you know, positive things happen to the, the characters. Mm-hmm. They're, they're victories, not yeah. tragedies. Yeah. You know, and tragedies here still aren't the same in a way. Mm-hmm. And there's, again, there's even more types of, you know, story arcs where, like, you know, my favorite Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where, you know, he doesn't really go on an arc, his his kind of character fuels everyone else's journeys around him, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but still in a way you know he is you know not changed or he he is changed in a way. Um, yeah. very, it's a lot more subtle. Yeah, but his perspective of the world you know slightly changes there. Yeah. So you know, every character well, then, is yeah. you know is different to an extent. Yeah. Well, and like in Lord of the Rings, Frodo. I mean, they have victory, but Frodo and but Frodo is not the same in a negative kind of in a negative way right you know his his experience has so you know affected him that he just he can't go back to life exactly as it was so yeah. it's like even though that was a victory he's been forever altered and it's not mm-hmm. you know it's a victory and a tragedy yeah. which is some of the yeah. most some of the best most it's a bittersweet in, in a good way most complex stories yeah. because a lot of our life is that way it's bittersweet yeah, yeah. you know and you know it takes a, a good yeah. author like tolkien to have a story where you know, you have that victory, but you also are, are changed, and yeah. maybe not always in the best way. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. it lets us look at life a lot and see what mm-hmm. we can learn from that too. Yeah. So, hope you enjoyed the uh, overall the the four um, aspects that make a story, and then the deeper ten elements that you know make you know Which a, still a only longer story. The <laughs> still only scratch the surface. There's so much we didn't cover here. Um, but one thing that Chris and I are going to do in a lot of upcoming upcoming at least movie uh, episodes, probably not the TV show ones, but at least for the movie ones, is basically um, we'll take a look at, in a very quick fashion, um, probably at the end of the episodes, um, how these the, the story, you know, interacts with these, these ten elements. Yeah. So, the, you know, I, I found in my own life that constantly looking at stories through um, a lens like this um, helps me kind of internalize how storytelling works so that when I write my own stories, um, it's, you know, it's 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 there. I've been processing it a, it a you lot. You can see different versions of the same elements, too. Right, right. So we might not do that for every episode, but it's something that we want to introduce in a lot of future episodes, so we figured we'd give a little crash course on it to start mm-hmm. with. Uh, so again, thank you so much for listening to this uh, week's uh, episode of the Seeking Stories podcast. You can check out more episodes at www.seekingstories.com, and we look forward to having you tune in next time. Again, thank you so much for listening.